Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 916, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. They can't make things worse for me, sometimes I'd rather die. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, the ever-present, ever-stalwart <laughs> Josh Flanagan. That's that's how is he? He's ever-present. He's just He's always, always there. There he just is. Can't get rid of that him. was a that was a peppy read so far. I got you. Well, you put I'm trying something to wake myself it. up. Yeah, it's I was long, like, oh, long week. He's excited to be here. I've had days and days of early morning meetings, and I'm just I could put my head right down right now and go to sleep, but I won't because I, this is iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 916, and every week one of us. Reads their stack of comics, we call, and they pick the favorite one. We call that the pick of the week, and we'll do that book and other books in the week. The patron pick, and listener mail, and we have fun. We have a good time, despite being really tired. I'm going to come out of this recording session amped up. That's right, what happens I, all the time. Can I tell you week. something? Yeah. I have a cold. It's not a bad cold. It's a little cold, but I have a cold. It's unfair. I've got my little <laughs> mute button here. Like I, I'm just like not a terrible cough, but there'd be like little <coughs> coughs. I feel like the 40s is just constantly having a cold. I don't know, man. Or co- constantly coming out of having a cold, having a cold, or about to have a cold. I'm just I'm I, and I feel all right. Like it's not. It is not the winter that time. You are just New kind England. of. It's right. No, it's all that. It's dry out or whatever. But I did walk in the other room and my wife looked at my face and she goes, "You look really tired." And I was like, <laughs> what do you "Mean." She's like, "You get a look when you're tired. Big bags under your eyes." And I was like, "Yeah, that's just how I look." No, no, no. There's a there's a level. There's an absolute. There's a level. I can pull off. I can pull off younger than this, but not today. Let's right. see the well, show. This, it's good because you had the pick. Spoiler warning. Yada yada yada. Josh had the pick. Yes, I oh, yada yada. We're all ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a little more time. I could ramp up. No. Um, yeah. Pick of the week is Alien, Black, White, and uh, I'm sorry, Black, White, and Blood, yeah. number one. You know. Uh, there it is. Marvel does these. They have they've had several of these black, white, and color miniseries. Yes. And this read, is the alien version. Have you read? Because they're basically like they're takeoffs on the, um, what was Batman Black and White? DC, and black, yeah, DC black and White series. Yeah. DC was a Superman, which was uh, red, white, this and blue. This is your I second guess? 20th Century Studios comic. Pick of the I week. like these comics. I've liked yeah. them. I've liked all of them so far. I was um, I was initially surprised when. You sent the list, and I was like, oh, you know, that actually, that makes sense. Well, 
uh, I, I read these black, white, and red, or whatever they are. I've read like not all of them, but I've given most of them a shot because I really like the short anthology form. Um, when done well, I don't love the eighty-page anthology because usually it's too many stinkers. But sure. when you got three here, either they're pretty good or short enough that you don't have to worry. Um, but read down the um, the list of of names, I recognize most of them. Um, we have uh, a story by um, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, who are now writing seventy-five percent of all Marvel books, as far as I can tell, uh, with art by Michael Dowling. And I like I recognize that name, and all yeah, day to day. I've said I gotta remember who that is. He did and that image book that we really liked a lot about the uh, tech people. Oh right, Island. right. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was picked um, like four times. It was good. It was really good. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> then there's a story by Stephanie Phillips uh, with with Marcelo Ferreira on art, um, and then the last story uh, is by Ryan Katie, who I've never heard of, and Devmalia Pramanek on art, who I've also never heard of. Regardless. Uh, a nice little set of three stories. Uh, the first one is a part one, so this will be continued through the series. Uh, the others are sort of one and done little shots. There is something about Alien comics, especially in the in the sort of Marvel era, mm-hmm. that and it's the same thing with the Predators. Is why you'd mentioned like me in these sort of Fox comics. Is that well, you picked Planet of the Apes? Did I? Well, yeah, I, I could have picked those. Ed Brisson's been doing a hell of a, a, a Predator book. And another one came out next part of the arc this year. And, and it's just like what they're all doing is staying in the lane of not mm-hmm. like we're not going to reinvent the alien. I said the same thing about the Apes book is like we're going to do this. Th- and, and over the years, I've really become a big alien fan. Aliens, yeah, yeah. alien, whatever. Um, you know, like the moment that sort of the film the first one clicked for me. And then after that, I was like, I'm just into this. Um, but your favorite one's the third one for some reason. That is not true. Although I can appreciate the third and the fourth one for, for certain things. So this first bit is uh, basically every single story has to be about man's hubris. And the alien's not the bad guy. It's just that we keep putting ourselves where they are or we keep putting other humans where they are to see what happens or for our personal gain. And that's, that's, one of that's them is. how you do it, right? When you say, yeah. you know, t- when you don't reinvent the wheel, it's either overconfident people yes. or people who should know better or yeah. who's, who are too strident walking yeah. face first into a rake, which in this case is a giant xenomorph. Like that is well, the way you do an alien story. And that's what right. the first story is, basically. There's not another level to it. There's right. not like some secret history of the aliens. No. That's they just are. And if you stick with that, it's fine. And then the story is about the people who are stuck in it. And it doesn't even have to be that imaginative. <laughs> you when you're reading a, a alien comic, you have to see the, the the best part of is the moment where you're like, well, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and so this ship. <laughs> Like it's it's the utopia. It's like we're here. I'm the leader of this crew. Let's dock. All right, we got a good seal. Everything's fine. <laughs> Second, they open the door. Those motherfuckers come in, and then they run to another room. Well, it's and then it's, and then wait. Yeah. The robot does something he shouldn't have, or no one expected. That's it. Yeah, it, it, there's it, a synth. He does that. It helps. I mean, I thought this was one of the best things. Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing have written it helped I think the Michael Dowling art helped a lot but I just thought as a yeah. as, even as part one as a single story I thought it was really could strong been, yeah could have been done it could have definitely just been a just have been a one-part story 
because you know how it's going to go from here. It's just a matter of watching them all die now. Yeah. But, I mean, something else could happen, but ultimately that's what you're going to be watching. But the whole thing is it's a, it's a, it's a spaceship full of young socialists who right. um, see things very much their way. And, you know, at one point they're Where's like, should the we unfreeze like, the, it, unfreeze the Marines that are in the hold? And they're like, we have Marines. Like we are supposed to be about peace. And I was just like, Oh, you guys are all going to die. Um, wow. And that's, that, that's why they go to rescue this. They, they find, they, they stumble upon this ship that they're sensing one life form on. Of course, the life form is the xenomorph. And so they, no one else in the, in the, region all the other commercial ships ignore it because it's not worth their time and money and fuel to go help it so they go because they're uh, progressives and this is not a this is not a commentary this is what they say no and they and and they of course it leads to their death or, or it's going to lead to all their deaths i i just like that in beautiful a very, beautiful story it's though, gorgeous art. and gorgeous. and the sort of black white and red like they called red blood in this because you know that the format really makes for fun art i think and and you you take away one of the tools uh that the artists normally have and you see what they can do with it um an artist like michael dowling's gonna come in and you know just the black and white stuff on its own you just don't get to see it that much the, the comics don't get produced that way beautiful yeah. shadows and and you know dot pitch stuff they did the very... cheat though there's a lot of green in this as well was this issue Okay, well, the, the first and they get and they definitely have a gradient of red. Um, that sort of first page of this ship, the forward, at like the cool design of that. I really, I really love how that looks. Um, I, I can't get enough of the sort of giant spaceships that they do in these. I'm, I'm not sure where it is. There's some some line in here. It was like like it took three seconds for them to all go back on what they <laughs> their <Yeah>. ideals. <laughs> right. Just like they become Ugh. dictators. Yeah, yeah, and like they immediately that the cut off part of the ship. Because that's the part that the alien is in, and from the rest of the ship, they decide to unilaterally. After after having a, making a big pain to show they vote for everything, uh, they make a yeah. they, they, those who, those who are there decide to make the executive decision to become dictators and, and uh, sacrifice those who are not there. Basically, yeah. Oh well. Um, following into that, Stephanie Phillips, one of my favorite names to see attached to a comic book still, uh, because it's always going to be interesting. Um, yep. Even if it's not my favorite thing, uh, I do not know what to expect, and except that I know it's a great mind behind those books. Um, and this one is a great single short story. Again, yep. hubris. Uh, the the good folks at Wayland Utani um, <laughs> have decided to offer the ultra rich chance to hunt for sport. Now we've seen many versions of this story, certainly in comics sure. over the years, uh, where where highfalutin folks uh, who have a lot of money go in. Uh, they, they're going to hunt something because they want the thrill and they think that they're the best. And in this case, it's the xenomorphs. Um, I don't have to tell you what happens. To yeah, the people who decides to breed xenomorphs for this hunting, you know, like, like their safari, yeah. you know, hunts. And uh, you've got an actor, a tech bro, a scary Russian lady, and then some other guy. I forgot. Oh, he was an arms dealer. Yeah, and they they are they, they're supposed to be wearing these skin tight um uh you know like shield shield say deflector shields but that's not right right um it's a special suit that protects protect them from the xenomorphs even if they get hurt but then the guys running the hunt decide they hate them so they turn the power off and they lose their shields and they get killed and then the the you know the the twilight zone twist is that the xenomorphs then kill the guys but 
um, yeah, it was a good, really good short story as well. Great short story. You know, again, yeah. hubris. Hubris of the one people, then hubris <laughs> of the others. And, and in the end, the alien is always left standing. Um, and, they're, and they're not satisfied. Um, final story, a little more hopeful. I think than any alien story, but it, you know, there's a, there's always a kid who's getting away. Uh, it's hard everybody to have on a kid get pulled apart by an alien. You know? It's true, but they've you know the the four folks on LV four two seven or six LV four two six didn't have much to do with it. It was I know, just Newt. But... Do you know? Do you know what I think of every single time I think of the movie Aliens? No, it's our friend Mike Romo <laughs> quoting Newt. Which he must have said to us 15 years ago at a comic convention. <laughs> and it was, uh, oh God, I'm trying to remember the line. They go away well, mostly. That's it. They go away <laughs> at night mostly. Mostly. <laughs> I always think of that. R- Romo said it and he laughed about it real hard. Anyway, um, in this mother, in the original movie, they used it a lot. of The main computer system of the Nostromo was, was the mother program. Um, right. And in this ship, uh, the independent research vessel, wrestle. A Bartok, uh, the aliens are aboard, uh, the containment has failed, so Weyland-Yutani was shipping the xenomorphs again. Uh, kill everybody on board except one little kid, um, Joshua, so I felt for him. Um, and Mother sort of guides him to the escape vessel, and at the very last second, uh, you know, it, it pops away from the ship as the self-destruction happens. I just told you exactly what happens in the story, but if you started reading it, you'd know what happened. You know, we know, I mean, we, yeah, we, yeah. we spoiled all the this story. This isn't but about that, it's about the... Could, journey in the art oh there's green in this the screen all of them it should be called black white and brown um oh here's why no no they accounted for it the title oh, it's blood it's the alien's blood it's black yeah, white yeah, and yeah. blood the blood is green all so right. therefore they get to use that color you win that's this round good. marvel that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good um all right you outsmarted me you know there's definitely that child is definitely implanted that flew <laughs> off the ship like it seems like he got away. The thing but. is, if you can't spoil an alien story. No, because it's you know it's going to happen. So it's just a matter of how much fun is it to watch, and it's been fun. I, 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 I really liked the first. I mean, I'm not. I haven't entered my alien renaissance that you have. I've. I like that miniseries we read a couple. I don't know. I could. It could be a couple of months or a couple of years ago. The, the Philip Kennedy Johnson one, because then yes. it was a Declan Shalvey run after that. I like that one. I didn't stay on the book after that arc, but I liked it a lot. That was the uh, best one, yeah. And this was really fun too. So um, yeah, I'm and, glad and, you picked and it because I, I hadn't read it before you picked it. Yeah, I, I had um, I had a lot of books. I think I had over yeah, twenty. Me too. And, well, and well, I, well like, over I, twenty. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I liked books. I had I had fun reading them, but actually, I got to the point where I had to pick, and I was like, I had no idea. And I thought, oh, that's that one. I just I enjoyed that the most. It was the one that um, you know unexpected but also expected as we you know discussed it was, like, it was just it was really it was well just done like, stuff. I, yes I, I also liked a lot of books and i had one in my, in my head i would have made the pick it wouldn't have been this one but when i read it i was like yep that was really good and i see why it was pick and i don't have a problem cool. with it. like it was very good <laughs> god we don't want to have another one of those shows i don't want to have that enough, but i mean the third the third story was my least favorite the first two sure. that were terrific the third one was fine it was fine it wasn't bad yeah it was beautifully drawn and you know i liked i i keep i like that shot of the there's on the last page uh, of the little ship getting away, the little boop, you know, like there's that burst of air. And I just, I like those kind of shots in space. Uh, yeah. Uh, the opening shot of the ship with the, you know, the ring ship was beautiful. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Really well, really beautiful book. Uh, Michael Dowling, every time he shows up, I was like, oh, right, this guy's terrific. Yeah. Yep. So much talent. When I finished 
Batman, Superman, World's Finest number 24, which is the final issue of the Kingdom Come arc. Two, th- uh, two thoughts. One, Dan Mora really needs to draw a New God story. Like, yeah, his dark side is terrific. And the New Gods haven't been... Like, like almost like everything in the DC universe, you don't know where they where their place is anymore, right? They're, are they the big bads of the? We don't even know any. They they well, rarely they show taken up. Taken out at some point. Like Darkseid, did he die? Like they I were don't off know, the but board. Because he, they needed to pave the way for fifteen straight years of Joker stories. So, <laughs> which continues this week. So, uh, I think, and I realized Final Crisis, he was the bad guy in it. And Final Crisis was kind of like the last major DC yeah. event that mean, meant anything. But I would consider having these guys, this team, do a, an event that really re- reestablishes Darkseid as the villain of the DC universe, as the number one bad guy, as the as the He's... danger lurking above the, you know, out in the forest. Like, that, that should be, I would love to see these guys do an event where you're just like, this really show us why the dark side and the new gods are so awesome because he draws them really, really well. Yeah. I, I think that the, 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 the presentation of dark side in, in this issue, um, I really, and you, you'd, you'd said he's, he's a villain, but he's, he's almost just like, he's the antagonist. He's the immovable object. He's the, uh, antithesis, you know, right. I feel like whatever. he should always be the white Walker, you know, like he should uh-huh. always be, on the other side of the wall, which in DC's case is kind of literally the source wall. And he should always be in danger of coming over that wall and they should always be terrified of it. And and I just don't get that sense anymore. And I, Mm -hmm. when he does show up and he's done right, like here, I'm just looking at the page where he backhands the flash who runs, runs at him. He doesn't even really have to move. And it's just a great drawing of dark side. I just really miss when they were the, whenever they showed up, you were like, Oh shit. You know? Yeah. Anyway, that that was my main thought coming out of the book, but also, the other thought was, I have no idea how this could possibly fit into Kingdom Come, <laughs> and so my my thought is, this is a fun little Elseworlds story because I don't I don't see how you could possibly make this make sense with the rest of the Kingdom Come story. And they kind of tied it in the end. I was like, they All tried right, to, they tried they to, but a, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, yeah, but it doesn't it, have I to. Mean, exactly, it doesn't have to. And they were like, "All right, here's maybe how it does," and you're out. Just do it in a page. Shit goes wrong. Fine. I liked that. I really liked that Darkseid didn't, like, he just was a force. He didn't beat anybody. He just sort of showed up, took what was his, or I'm trying to remember what happened. But, you know, like, it's funny, though, that, like, oh, David, you're back again. Now you're going to be good. I'm like, he's not. Stop (laughs) doing it. Like, this, what, what, it's, it's interesting because when he first showed up years ago now, I guess, as the kid, yeah. I was like, this character's super annoying. Why are we spending time with him? And then he comes back, and you're like, oh, he's even worse. And then you go forward, and you're like, oh, he's this character who we didn't understand or know before, who right. was super annoying. Like, it's 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 not as if he's telling the origin of the Magog. Mm-hmm. Is it Magog, right? Not Magog, not Gog, yeah. Because Gog's the big god one. Okay. Yep. He's sort of telling the, the origin of that Magog character not so much to be like, this is what happened, but this is how a character gets to be like that, and this is how it's intertwined with these DC characters. And I'm kind of okay with that. I like the I like the long shot of it. I like the fact that we didn't know what it was from the beginning. 
Yeah. And it's a, sort of a deep cut in a way, even though it's one of the biggest stories ever. It's not like people are talking about Magog. And it's also one of those characters who they didn't they didn't keep flogging out there forever. Like he sort of right. showed up. I want to say maybe he showed up once or twice in Justice he Society was in or JSA, something like that. I yeah. Think, no, because, yeah, well, maybe. I don't remember, but yeah. He, he didn't really come take. around all the time. It's not like Doomsday where they just right. ran him into the ground. Or Dark Side previously. Right. Uh, I want to give um, a shout out to Tamara Bonvillon on yes. Colors, who did a really great job of making the specter glow in the way that Alex Ross was able to with paint. Yep. That yeah. That's kind of really difficult to do in flat, you know, comics. Um, when, when the giant specter shows up, I almost, I looked for a second to see if it was painted because the, the, the way they colored it was different than the other characters and made, gave him that glow. Really look, really looked nice. I will go ahead and, and take that one step further and go ahead and, and give Steve Wands. Yeah. Credit for doing really nicely look, nice looking, Looks hand drawn, you know, non uh, non digital looking uh, specter word balloons with the sort of mm-hmm. flaming green around them. I, th- right. I think, I think he drew them. I don't see a way around. I mean, he probably drew them digitally, but uh, some old school lettering there. Looks good. Uh, it's, yeah. It still remains my favorite DC book, even if you know it doesn't make any sense to me. It still was really fun. I really enjoyed the arc. So. I'm not mad about it. I just was, I kept waiting for like a mind wipe situation where they'd all forget the other Batman and Superman and where they like, cause at one point in the early in the story, all the heroes were, were kneeling before Gog. And I was like, this, this, what? Like it doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. So it doesn't, it's fine. I still really enjoyed it. It's just like, uh, here's a, here's another universe. Which number yeah. is it? Doesn't matter. Just, there's a bunch of universes. Okay, cool. Do it. And I'm looking, I mean, yeah, I assume we're still going. I just they also, there's still time to kill this kid. That's true. We can we could still have that happen. I but. still I always just assume any book I really like is about to be canceled. So I assume this is still going. You see the so. the Mahmoud Asrar cover for this? The way oh, that he Mahmoud's. drew um Superman's face. It's uh, just the one it, where they're flying right at us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just Kingdom Kingdom Come Superman. He's got like it's an old like, boxer's face. I like it. Oh, I know. It's so great. And there's a little smirk on Batman. It's just not. It doesn't look like Mahmoud Asrar to me, but oh, it's really good. In a yeah, good way, that's really good. Yeah, like he's just like, watch what else I can do. That guy's got so much talent. It's stupid. Ultimate Spider-Man number two. Now we've got a Spider-Man. That's not the title of the story, but that's just what happened. That should have been the title of the story, though. That <laughs> if you turn the page. Now we've got now a we've Spider-Man. Got Spider-Man. I think you could have cut out everything but the last couple of like just put the last couple of pages of that last issue. Maybe compress a couple of them, put them being into this one, make this your issue number one. I enjoyed uh, it a heck of a lot more. I th- I thought in just that, like, okay, I recognize what's going on here. I mean, I get it, but we went six whole issues in the first one without ever seeing Spider Man. I don't care about that though. I mean, like, I, know, I, I get saying. it. You're going to call it that. I see what you're saying, but we knew what was going to happen. We talked about it before. Is that like, oh, we've got like the middle aged dad Spider Man, who or well, young middle age, you know, and thirty five. I liked how it. I liked how it was. I, I it was one of those things. Like, did I miss an issue just for a second, but in a good way? Because uh-huh. things happened. But like, basically, his Spider Maning took off in between the issues. It happened off screen, you know. So at the beginning, they're talking about like, was he in that costume, you know? And they're they're watching the yeah. news, and I, like he got addicted while we were in between chapters. Sure, would um, you? Sure. Yeah. 
And I do uh, find it interesting that in a, in this world where there are supposed to be no costumed anyone, suddenly there's a lot of them. I'm not not even talking about Spider Man, but it's like was that Goblin is the, was that a sure. was that a dictate that there were no costumes? Well, that was the thing, right? It was that the the um, the maker, evil Reed Richards, and the right, you know, went to this planet, stopped all the heroes from happening. Um, maybe other than Tony Stark, I forget what. But basically, there's no there's no superheroes in this in this one. Uh and and so you would assume that also means no hero, no villains, but well, otherwise it'd be disaster. But suddenly we've got Shocker, we've got Green well, the Goblin. Shocker's just a. I mean, the Green Goblin I think is the aberration. The Shocker, you could say that's like his, you know, his tech work suit. He's got a little mask on over his face, but he calls himself the Shocker. I don't know. I don't know what constitutes a super villain, but I guess having a nickname is really big up there. Yeah. Um, you know, I there there was a bit here where you know older peter parker was both recognizable and quote unquote new mm. uh you know his discovering you know the way that he looks at what's going like i'm a lot tougher and i'm very hungry you know <laughs> that these were these were the these were the observations of an older man not, he's not gonna a have to get man. a better job if he's eating ten thousand calories a day because that's a yeah. lot of food well, here's the question. Uh, it makes you tougher and everything, but what does the spider venom do uh, about cholesterol, et cetera? I assume it's all fine because he's in better shape. So he's just going to metabolize everything? You assume that, yeah, the metabolism is super high. You assume it's cleaning out those arteries with right. spider spider cells or whatever, it's blood cells. Like it's, I assume he's all good. Yeah. Even Mary Jane's like, oh, how you doing? <laughs> I saw there's a shot with him without his shirt. And it's like, she's probably going to notice that. <laughs> Unless he was doing pretty well before. Um, so the big thing here is one of his kids, his daughter, finds yeah. out. And I wasn't sure about that twist happening so quickly. May. But it's fine. I'm, I'm going to this thing. as open-minded as possible, trying not to constantly. I thought know. that. I thought from a dramatic standpoint, from a, well, if this happens and this and this and this, and she shouldn't find out. But I'm like, all right, what if it's just a fun superhero story and it's a dad who learns a thing? There is a bit, though where he's like, let's just keep the secret between us. And I was like, oh, that's the fatal mistake. <laughs> you never do that with the kid. That's going to come back to bite you. Um, I liked the I liked the kingpin, you know, sort of playing the news. There's a reason that the, that the Daily Bugle is covering right. the Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. And I also like the conversation that I don't know who the other bad guy with him was, ponytail guy. That's um, uh, ca- evil Captain Britain, who was French for some reason. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's that's really funny um you know it's like no no you shouldn't put a light on anything and like you know there's that little sort of like what's what's a good criminal strategy strategy when it comes to media manipulation all right, right. let's let's get into it um and i think marco Chiquetto, you know it's it's properly melodramatic art um i think that's terrific i loved it. i loved it. yeah that Peter's suit is black. It, you know, it's, it's a nod to his black and white suit, and of us, it'll be it'll be changing to red and blue in the next issue, I believe. But I like that little thing. It's almost like the original yellow Daredevil suit. You know, the, the first mm-hmm. in, in, incarnation isn't the right isn't the right one, but it makes sense why it's black. And um, I thought it was fun. I thought it's it's nano bites, so he can not nano bites. I did it in the last show. We did it's nanotech. Mm-hmm. So he can remove the bottom of his mouth or the whole mask at, at a whim. He doesn't have to take it. It's not actually a physical mask he takes off, mm-hmm. um, which makes eating easier. Well, he's going to want to cover up his head most of the time because people are like, is that Spider-Man or Kenny Loggins? 
<laughs> the beard makes him somewhat recognizable when he takes the bottom. He line. looks. He looks like. He looks like an anime character. Like he. <laughs> that's what he looks like to me, which is which is kind of fun in a way. Like okay, just like use that um, aesthetic uh, instead of what we're used to. He doesn't look old. He's just got '80s hair and beard. <laughs> he's whatever. He's on the highway to the danger zone. Tell you what, how how many pages would you read of uh, Ben Parker and Jay Jonah uh, talking <laughs> in the steam room? Because you got five of them here, and I didn't. I wasn't like, oh man, end this scene. That to me is one of the most interesting parts. Is the different version of Jay Jonah Jameson, which I yeah. I quite enjoy. He's interesting, but still with the Hitler mustache. <laughs> well, some things never change. Is J. Jonah Jameson the only character in fiction who's not a bad guy who gets to do the Hitler mustache? Well, he was a bad guy before. Kind of. Not, not like a villain, but yeah. I don't know. It's, cra- it's a crazy bit of magic they spun. You'd think someone would just be like, listen, we realize that in the 30s people had these mustaches, but they stopped it for a reason. Yeah. We, and we don't even... We don't even refer to it with nostalgia or that it, was, it was ended except for this one character. I mean, he could be a really big Laurel and Hardy fan. Yeah. And I would be okay with that. Like, if they if they show his house, he's just got Laurel and Hardy posters everywhere. Are you... I'm, I'm wiggling my, my upper lip right now just with you saying it. <laughs> that Ooh. would be fine with me. Like, it's just like a ridiculous amount of memorabilia, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> commemorative plates, little dolls. <laughs> I don't Wouldn't see him cosplaying really as his favorite character. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he's just... That's just what he's always doing. That would make sense. See that. Nothing else makes any sense. <laughs> it's really good steam like the pages i don't know whether to credit chiquetto or matthew wilson with that but i like the little blobs of steam and they're not done like in an austin powers way covering up the bits they're just floating it's around interesting there. because if you recall when he did daredevil his pages were always really atmospheric with smoke and steam and and debris and, and stuff and I, I don't i don't remember who colored those but i wonder if it's a combination of him and matthew wilson together but i remember his pages always feel like almost multimedia. And so I wonder if that's, you know, I don't think, that I don't think Matthew Wilson colored that book. Matthew Wilson remember. tends to do the prestige stuff, but I don't know. I think my pick of the week would have been Nightwing 111, which is a Batman Nightwing team up, which was really good. I thought it was, I thought it was one of the best issues of Nightwing in a long time. You know, Nightwing, in the beginning of Tom Taylor's run, when Bruno Redondo was on the art, was sort of almost like a transcendent comic. Everyone in our community was like, this book is amazing. Yeah. And even you were like, this book is amazing. And then it was somewhere around the time when he added Titans to his roster, Tom Taylor did, and then they they integrated the Titans into the story, and Bruno Redondo left, and then we went back to Rick Grayson, and it just sort of fell off. Like we haven't really talked about it much. It hasn't been that good. I don't I know what happened. It. It's been I, fine. I, I, it's been yeah, fine, I mean, but it, it, it wasn't that magical yeah. book that it was in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, this feels like it's back there that way. It's not Bruno Redondo on interiors. It's Sami Basri, who's, who's a really terrific superhero artist. Um, Bruno Redondo's coming back to the book for what sounds like Tom Taylor's final arc on it at some point soon, but... I thought this felt like it did in the early days. I thought the exploration of Batman was terrific. Uh, I thought, you know, 
the the parallel storytelling between the current day and Batman flashing back to when he first you know saved Dick Grayson after the, his parents died was in, was good. I thought this is all really well done, and it's a shame that they stopped publishing other Batman books. But I think this is, is the only one that's a, out there. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm not aware of any other Batman comics currently being published, so it was just nice to see him. Is what I'm saying. I, I had a moment where they they. The, the the man the butler man and the and the crazy kid walk out of the tent and, the, and, oh, and he's oh, oh, very right. the heart he's the heart taker and yeah. he's very excited i was like what the hell was that and i go oh that's the kid and i was like that's <laughs> nice that's very i like i like like i was glad i was able to remember the that detail that they put in um, i had forgotten that too and actually i went back and i got like a page past it i was like wait a minute and i went back and i was like oh right that's heartless and that's his evil version of alfred who had um, nothing to do with the crime <laughs> What's it was name? really it was a Gerald. really it was a really great it almost had like a throwbacky uh kind of who done it but it wasn't yeah. who you thought thing it right. was a detective story and then you have the the opposite side of of you know dick knowing how to talk to a kid and it being a really sort of sweet moment and again you're you're the the, the the value of this character sometimes is really like his great contrast to Batman having been raised by this person, but you know that how the influence of Alfred, his and empathy, Superman and all those other people, yeah, 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 empathy. That's that's it. It just felt like oh man, this is like this is how the book used to feel. This is how the DC, not well, the DCU and the Batman world used to feel. And it's a damn shame there's no other Batman comics. I mean. uh even Alfred's in this one a lot. Like it's just almost like this book feels like, hey, remember all the things you used to love about Batman comics that aren't there anymore? This is mm-hmm. this is gonna be full of it. I really like how um how Basri does this Batman. He's yeah. kind of he's kind of the bulky kind. He's not like super squat or anything. He's got the you know the big shoulders, the tiny little ears. Uh, this is one of my favorite sort of Batman silhouettes. I really um, like Tom Taylor's Batman because he's not the cold robot Batman, which I just I'm so tired right. of at this point. He's a human being under there and he he's hanging out with his kid and is talk, talking to his kid's girlfriend and you know he's he's like a normal human being here he's and he, he's, he's not batman just a cold is, human revenge machine a part of batman for him is playing a part yeah like it's being in character now he's a little cold he's a little closed off because he's been through a great deal of trauma but you're right it's not a sociopath it's a, yeah. it's a human so you you because I don't think you can have – you can't have a story about how Dick Grayson grew into being a great person and then have this thing about his father who's the most emotionally <laughs> cut off human ever. It doesn't work. Right. It, it lays it bare. You you cannot do that. Right. Um, he has lots of emotions. They're just – he has to bury them. Otherwise, accessing them will just, would just take him down. Yeah. Um, yeah. The backup was whatever. I – I didn't quite recognize that the story shifted. I, I thought yeah. I was like, this is a weird flashback. Is that Francesco Francavia? <laughs> right. I mean, that was the only upside. I, I, I just think the, I guess they're trying to make the, so, so some years back, one writer added in the idea that Dick Grayson or Richard Grayson, the most waspy wasp in comics was a Romany person, which doesn't make any sense at all. So they're, I guess they're trying to make it work here. But whatever, it's dumb. And uh, but it looked good. That and thing. of course, there's a, there's a medieval Joker character fighting Dick Grayson's ancestor. But it's a great page. It's, it's a good a page. Great, it's a great design for the sort of gestury, like this big hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It's fine. Michael Michael Conrad wrote it. I mean, it was badly done. I just I just wish no. they would for, see like that was a mistake. We're never going to deal with that again. And then, but they did not. Yeah, um, I don't know that. It, I, I don't know that it has legs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is where is I'm gonna I might sound a little like you here. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy Annual Number One came out. Mm-hmm. Now you might think, well, what, 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 now a run of comics is going on, and then an annual comes out. Do you expect that annual? to be concurrent with the comics? Do you think it to be an uh, integral part of the story that's going on or something different? I mean, traditionally, no. These days, it's a crapshoot. I, I, I'd i really be curious to find out from someone in in the editorial side why this had to be an annual and not just issue 12. I think it didn't go 11 issues or some this odd is number. The fi- the all, not, I, don't, I don't know what the no. numbers are. This is the final part of the story that's been going on in the main book for however many, you know, 10, 12 issues or whatever it is. It's the final issue. Of this. final There's issue no by, the, by the same uh, team. I feel like it went nine know, issues Kev or Walker. It was weird. Yeah, I, I just, I, I was like, oh, an annual. I'll just see. Oh, look, it's the real team on the annual. And then I was like, this is the finale of the story. <laughs> right. Which is such a weird choice to me. And, and I mean, on its own, like, I liked the story well enough. I don't know that I quite get it. I really liked watching, you know, Kev Walker art. I think that the um, characterizations of the characters were kind of fun and they, they you know, it was, it was big and imagined and all that. Was it a complete success? I don't know. But it really weirded me out that it was that it ended like this in the annual. It it feels like, I mean, if I'm the creators on it's that, a bad, like, it's I, bad faith. It's bad faith of the readership. I would like to just see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's right. what I, I would was, want. Like I think it went nine or something, and it was this would have been ten. I think that's what happened. But it was something like that's that. That's such a strange choice. On a book that, you know, was interesting, was was good. It was worth it. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if what sales have to do with it. or I just don't understand the reasoning. It's very strange. And there I, was I didn't a like saxophone it. break in the middle. <laughs> well, uh, we should also mention that Drax the Destroyer is dead now. Um, I don't know. It was weird. I, I read it. I read them all. But like you, I think I don't think I really followed and or enjoyed the story that much. But I did enjoy reading it, so... That's so fine. this Screwed was back to normal. Rock, rock, rocket's been healed. This was the eleventh. No one's dealt with Peter's hair, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> so the, the, this the series went ten. This was the eleventh, okay. and it gets to be the. Here's another one. If I'm just going to find things to be mad about, okay. Don't do annuals if they're all number one. <laughs> <laughs> If every annual that comes out is number one, stop doing them. Or the, just call them by the year. Yeah, 2024 the annual. Well, every, every one shot's number one just because of the way comics are published and the way, the, yeah. the way people think they think they people buy. But it should have if, – if they're not going to do a number – like it used to be that the, the annuals had numbers. So every year there was a different no, new number. But if they're not, then it should the number – as you just said, the year should be the title. It should be Guardians of the Galaxy 2024 Annual Number 1. That's what it it's should in, be called. It's in parentheses, kind of, but yeah, that but might just right. be unkin. Yeah, it's just uh, – I, I mean, it, it's 
I don't know who they're they're catering to, but the longevity and the legacy and the the sort of tenure of the comics was always even when I was little like that was a thing that was exciting. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, st- I don't know who it's for other than the idea that there's a collector mentality or people won't buy into that stuff. But everybody we know who's our age, who started reading comics, who are the only people still reading comics for a long, long period of time, were brought in when there were never any number ones. True. Like, we all stuck around for it. I, I, you know, it, it's just so like that legacy is the is the is the really the only thing that matters. I don't I don't get it. Was the legacy? Oh, the legacy number, number wasn't even mm. on here because it was an annual. No, right? Tricky. So tricky. what that means is that, and what I really thought is like, when the indicia shows up in the trade paperback, it's going to be all fucked up. Yeah. And someday, some young guys are going to be trying to do a comic book show, and they're going to try to figure it out for their video show because all video would have disappeared and everything started over, <laughs> and they would have come up with a comic book video show for the first time in history. Right. Um, and it's going to make it difficult. I am very surprised that you put the Holy Roller number four on because at the, when we talked about three. You said you were not going to read the book anymore. And that is why we are talking about the Holy Roller four <laughs> okay. is that I just said, you know what? Let me just give this one more shot here. We got out of that first arc and I finished yeah. it and I was like, I really like that. <laughs> Again, I think once I knew what it was yeah. and I can sort of like they, they can let it like basically – uh, the Holy Roller is a, 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 a DIY superhero with a suit and a bunch of trick bowling balls and a silly suit that looks like a bowling ball. And he beats people up and quips. This is what the book should have been. Maybe don't tell the origin until issue five. Because the Remember three issues of the you origin. Started with the, you started with the hero already out there and then you, and you reveal the origin later. I, thought, yeah, this I finished is, this issue and I thought, this book is dumb. Yeah. But I enjoy it. Yes. If that makes sense. Uh, like it's dumb. Ro- it's dumb, but it's fun. Absolutely. And and Roland Bashi uh is perfect. perfect. Uh yeah. you know, I I always liked him, but like I think when he did the scumbag cuz he was the one who did the best of those, you know, he, I really kind of fell in love with that art and that instantly tells me what kind of tone I'm at. This is a there's a very there's some Garth Ennis going on here, which is which is, yeah. you know, one of the things that makes up uh, Rick Remender to a certain extent, but it was funny. It's the the relationship, the the situation with the sort of former best friend who makes the yeah. stuff, you know, and his dad, the Judd Hirsch dad, is is like the, the jokes are funny. They're not you're not gonna be able to go on forever. But I had a lot of fun with this issue, and I finished. And I was like, well, all right, and I, I was surprised, <laughs> like in a good way, and I really enjoyed that, which is why it's here. I'm not made of stone. I feel like having to carry around two to three bowling balls is really inconvenient for doing anything. <laughs> the, the, the character makes no sense. That's <laughs> like, why I think it's dumb. I know, it's, it's so dumb. Like he came from this weird broken home bullied situation. Maybe not broken home, but like he hated his, his house and his dad. And he goes off and he's like some weird, he's acting like a Trustafarian with Greenpeace for a long time, but he's got a problem. Then he comes back and becomes a superhero. He's got all these skills that he has no right having. Uh, oh, wasn't he in the he, army? Wasn't he like a marine or something? Was Before he? Before he went to Greenpeace, I think I he was. Know, there's been a lot in this. Uh, he tells the guys th- there's a there's a bit where two guys uh, there's some hate crimes in the beginning, basically, and two gay guys go into the ATM and they're getting cash. And <laughs> that he's was like, funny. Oh, you going to get your hair and nails done? I'm like, no, we're getting some coke for a party. And <laughs> yeah, the, the last cocaine. thing, <laughs> the, the last thing you hear, he's like, about that coke. If you were serious, you know, I'm down to party. 
<laughs> no, just know this. The Holy Roller parties too. <laughs> he gives them his phone number. I laughed at that. Yes. It was very funny. It was. It was. It, it was, was a good comic funny. book. Uh the six finger the six fingers. That was the the six, six figures. Fingers. Number six one. Fingers, number uh, one. I feel like I've been seeing the name Dan Waters, who wrote this a lot lately, and I had to sort of look him up. And he did um, he did some books I didn't read, uh, but and and a couple of he did a lot of stuff I didn't read. But I think uh, mm-hmm. uh, there was a oh, it's gone out of my mind now. Uh, either way, I thought based on the cover and the title, I thought this was going to be a kung fu story mm. for whatever reason. It's not. I don't know why. I just thought the six fingers of Shaolin, something like that. I don't know. Um, and we got this weird sort of uh, slightly in the future tech story about uh, like a very smart uh, archaeologist type of person who also works in a nuclear factory. Uh, and, and basically he doesn't they're all he's got to he's got to get to a date. And then there's a giant nuclear spill. And he goes, I don't want to wait for those guys to come clean it up. I'll just do it myself. Well, he works um, at a battery factory. That's like right, the battery okay. acid or something oh, okay. that comes says, out of the batteries. It says power factory. Yeah, it's some kind of – it's not nuclear, but it's some other kind of bad it's, It ain't good. Juju. So uh, he gets a six-finger. I, I thought the art was terrific from Sumit yes. Kumar. I, I've only seen him a couple times on Justice League way back when there was a Justice League comic, but not very much. I thought this was really good. I, in terms of art, I, when you put it on the list, I thought mm-hmm. – Hey, I read that. And then I thought, hey, I don't remember anything about that. And so I had to go back, and that would—I guess—that tells you how much of, a, of an impact it left on me story-wise. But I had a um, little of that too. But I think I mean, part of the thing was I really didn't know what to expect from it, and it wasn't what I, you know. By the way, my expectation was based on absolutely nothing. It shouldn't you know there wasn't anything that did wrong. I think there was a couple of scenes in here that I thought were interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where, like, he shows up. You know, it's a, very, a lot of these very classic setups. He's he, his girlfriend says, "Make sure you're not late for the thing." And you're like, "Oh, he's gonna be late for the thing." And he gets there, <laughs> and and she starts to break up with him, but he's super smart. And he's like, "I know what you're gonna do." And she's so mad at him for not even letting him her break up with him correctly. You yeah. know, I don't know. It's I don't quite know what to make of it. It's all just askew enough that I found it surprising. He's growing but, a sixth finger because yes. he was bathing in that stuff. That's the title of the story. And there's something yeah. about archaeology. He's an archaeology student, and and there's something about um, there's some the the you know whatever's, ha- whatever's going on with this with this ad- battery acid or whatever that like there's a lot of things we don't really know what this book is or what he it's may about have yet. murdered people while in a trance when he thought he was writing. I don't know. There was a lot here. You know, it's it's it looked really good. I mean, I I, I sort of was looking at the art and I was like, I don't really know who Submit Kumar is, but this looks good. And then I said, Wow, they got Lee Lowridge on colors, and I think that that. You know, popped it up to the next level for sure. Um, guy colored all the great um, Vertigo comics of the 2000s. And, and reminder uh, books. I'm going to say something yeah. strange. Okay. There's a little bit of Norm Brayfogle in Submit, Submit Kumar's work. Okay. It's not how you I would expect. It. It's kind of in the faces. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And, it doesn't and draw also that, the, ang- that super angular way. But everyone's kind of really like thin and mm-hmm. exaggerated. Well, that and last the faces few pages. Those last few pages that take place like outside in the alleyways, there's a lot of black shadows and stuff like yeah. that. That third to last page, uh, you know, kind of looks like a detective comics that we grew up. Yeah, with. the page that's all, that's really orange, where he's sort of stumbling yeah. through the city, that is very too. much like it. Like it's there's a little bit in there, which is interesting. I like the article a lot. 
Yeah, I, I guess did, I'll I get another issue, but that was almost 40 pages, and I don't know what the book's about, which is, yeah. you know, a problem. So, listen, anyone's been listening to the show for a while knows we're going, we're deep into G.I. Joe again. And this was a week we had two G.I. Joe books come out. We had Cobra Commander. We took two. We one of them G. off for you. G.I. Joe Real American Hero 304. We took that one off. We took Cobra Commander off just for, just, just out of consideration. What I find interesting is ever since we did the Booksplode review of G.I. Joe Real American Hero Classic Volume 1, I've kept reading. We both have kept reading. I'm on Volume yes. 4 at this point. Almost on I'm four. in the 20s. I'm in the, thing in the 30s. And this book, G.I. Joe Real American Hero, this is 304, it's the same continuity, but it's mm-hmm. 300 issues later. And, and I'm, I'm having a real years. hard time reconciling everything in my head because mm-hmm. I've got the early continuity, I've got the current continuity, then I've got this Energon continuity all happening at the same time in my brain. So while yep. I was reading this, I thought, wait, why is Snake Eyes talking? Then I forgot. That he's a clone of the old snake guys. He's not mm-hmm. actually snake. He's a so the damage. His face is fine and he can talk because he was he was cloned. So I was that, but that took me a few pages of going. Why is why why is this happening? And then I don't know. They got to do something about this zombie virus. All you these cobra people can't be half zombies forever. Well, the joke was good, but like, well, it was supposed to. That was supposed to be it. Like it. it you remember? I always remember this: is that like at the end of Brian Bendis's Daredevil run, he stuck Matt in jail and was like, "Good luck, next guy." <laughs> and and Ed Brubaker took over, and I just I remember thinking, "What a what a fuck you!" But in this way, Larry Hama kind of did it to himself, right? Because I mean, I don't know what was the plan. I don't know if he knew, but they quote unquote ended it at 300 and like everybody had been hit with the virus. And I remember we were like, well, that's it. That was nuts. You know? <laughs> and then they pick up right where they left off a couple of months later. I mean, that must've been planned, I guess, to a certain extent, but actually from everything I've read from Larry Hama, he's not planning shit. <laughs> he's just <laughs> like, just going through it. I know what you mean. I, and I, I kind of appreciate what I keep thinking is like, why haven't they done something about Springfield? Right, I, I, it's I, still I, there. I, I turned I think, the page. It's like Springfield, a nice little town. I was like, wait, what? I think. I mean, in the comics, in the, like it was in Vermont. I think they said it's it in, was in Vermont. Vermont. It's in Vermont. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like it. Take it out. Why are they? <laughs> <laughs> Have Wild Bill fly over the town with a very powerful bomb. He's a straight killer, by the way, Wild Bill. <laughs> So Don Marino, I guess, is also a sort of a clone or a a an attempt to clone him or something. I don't, we we missed all that stuff, so I, I'm trying to figure out as I go. This is who it's this, great. It's like reading old X Men comics, right? Right. But good. And <laughs> the Chris Mooneyham art continues to be terrific. I know he's not doing every issue. They I think they announced last week that Paul Pelletier is going to take over for an arc. But oh wow, um, it's been good. I, I like. Ski masked Cobra Commander. He looks. It's a different look for him. He's got like the, the Imperial jacket and the ski mask. It looks, you know, you, you know, appropriately terrifying. He's got the jod purse. Yeah, he was full Nazi. So <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, oh, it's. It was still very good. It's just that while I'm reading the original books and reading this one and reading the other continuity, my brain is trying to really desperately hold on in Isn't a way that's not so easy for a man in his forties. It's fun. Oh, it's super I like because you can't like, get it wrong because it doesn't need to make sense. 
There's also so a lot just, of Dreadnoughts right now. Like issue two of Cobra yes. Commander is all about the Dreadnoughts. Where I am in the original books, the Dreadnoughts have just been introduced and there's a lot of them. And then the last page of this book, Zartan's there. there the so, Dreadnoughts are a constant in the animated series. Like, yeah. they love them. They couldn't get rid of them. <laughs> and I never really liked them all that much. And I was like, why are there so many Dreadnoughts all the time? What's going on with the Techno Viper? Let's spend some time with that guy. Nope. Right. Well, in, in the comics right voices. now... They're oh, not British. Oh, right. There's not, well, there's one's Australian, one's British. And I don't know the other. I mean, there are two British and one's Australian. In that in that Cobra Commander book, I feel like they were just Bayou folk. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I also enjoyed Cobra Commander 2, despite all of the uh, globulous bullshit. But um, did you did you ever did you like I was looking at the in the 83 stuff like the Dreadnoughts show up and I was like this is the same year Spinal Tap came out. Mm. There's got to be a connection there. Like, they mm. don't not look like them. Right. Well, they're, they're, they're also just like punks. I get it, but... And so every movie back then, you know, you had the Warriors, you know, it was just like the punks. The punk movement was going around, so they, they were just, you know, punks. It could have been Spinal Tap, but also... But Buzzer just, is is um, Michael McKeon. Uh, uh, Ripper. Is it Ripper? Ripper, yeah. Buzzer, and, R- Ripper and Blowtorch. Is, right. So Ripper is um, Derek Smalls, and then Blowtorch is Nigel Tufnell. Maybe. Entirely possible. Well, at least that's what they thought when they did the voices for the cartoon, I think. The terrible, <laughs> the like the terrible Dick Van Dyke level accents in that. <laughs> Just, yeah. They're not good. I did like Zartan's voice, though. It always yes. made me unsettled <laughs> as a kid. So those are the books we're going to talk about, but at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Every patron of the show gets the vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week, it was another. It was similar to last week. Last week, we we had a four way tie going into the final hours. Or maybe it was a five way tie. This week, we had another five way tie going into the final hours. And then a bunch of psychopaths voted for Batman, and and that sneaked up for a while. And then at the very end, there was a uh, bunch of votes for Animal Pound number two, which ended up taking the the victory. Animal Pound number two from Boom Studios. Written by Tom King, art by Peter Gross, colors by the aforementioned Tamara Bonvion, and colors b- letters by um, the uh, irreplaceable Clayton Cowles. And we didn't talk about Tom issue King. one because issue one was happened during the winter break we were on. This is issue you two. read issue one. I I started to read issue one over yeah. the break, and I got about halfway through, and I was like, I don't I don't know about this, and I put it down. And so I had to pick it back up <laughs> and finish it for this, and then read number two. So here we are. So you like earlier on in the week before that was a thing. You yeah. said to me, "Should I read this?" And I said, mm-hmm. "Well, I'll skip to the end." No. Um, <laughs> and 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 and, and I, I I did I didn't really like that first issue. Um, yeah. And with this one, because I thought we'd probably have to talk about it, so I read it again. And also, it's, it's Tom King. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. All right, so the overall story is there is an animal shelter, the animals rebel, and they try to set up their own system within the walls where no doors are closed. The first issue is the kind of like animal farmy, and then the second yeah. issue, this one is kind of like Lord of the Fliesy. Yeah, in a way. Uh but I, I mean it's basically to me if I'm reading it, it's an allegory about sure how you create 
uh, either a democracy or just a society that people can, who are different and have different strengths and weaknesses and powers and needs and whatever can live together. And it's like how a government is formed, how people learn to get along by being uh, noble, which is sometimes contrary to their true natures. And I think that that is very, very interesting. I think that the way that it was portrayed in this book was very intelligent. And mm -hmm. there, are, there are bits of it where I thought, oh, that's really smart. I don't really like it that much, though. Yeah, so issue one was all about freedom, <laughs> right? All the all the animals are caged in this pound. It's a pound, so occasionally animals are taken off and put down. Um, and so this one's the first issue is all about gaining their freedom from the human captors and what it means to be a pet, what it really means. It's, not, it's maybe it's not so nice from their perspective, like all these things. Second issue is, oh shit, we have our freedom, albeit they're locked in this pound compound with a big backyard, but they're still they're not free in the world. Uh, so what do they do? They 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 try to coexist. Then a dog eats eats one of the rabbits because they're running out of food, and then it's like, oh shit, we need a government. For, we need to be able to regulate behavior and punish people and things like that. And then you've got the you have all the different competing interests between the dogs, the cats, and the rabbits. And uh, that sex, so the second issue is all about forming a government. Like they they vote, and they they have you know leadership and everything. Um, I think my reaction is, is similar to yours is that I recognize that that this is really well done. Yes, but I don't necessarily really care. I'm not a you know, it's just not a story. I'm, I'm not. A, I'm, I'm very, very allergic to animals. I've been that way since I was a kid. So I'm not a pet person. I'm not a right. animal person. I don't go squee over dogs, and because to me they just represent not being able to breathe. So, um, this you're not. I'm heartless. not cold hearted you about just it. Need I really to like we we three yeah. got me just as much as got anybody else. But sure. Um, I, I, I just, I, it's an allegory, I think, and at the end of the day, it's like okay, I get it. I, I and sometimes it's not bad. I mean, I can think of worse Tom King books for sure, sure. but. And the Peter Gross art's really, really good. It has this, you know, more of an illustrated feel to it. We've seen his art He's before. Great. He's a really good artist. But uh, and he draws animals really, really well. Mm -hmm. But I was just tired reading it. It was a lot of words. And I, I'm often yes. someone who doesn't. You often say too many words, and I often say it's not too many. It's how it's how good are they? But this one actually might have been the exception that proves the rule of that. Where it's like these are a lot of good words. Tom started as a novelist. Maybe this should have been a novel because <laughs> there's a lot of words. I mean, I even I even like it as an experiment. I like the yeah. chutzpah of going. I'm gonna try this story because it's very different than right. what you get. It, it, oh, for it sure, is, it is and it isn't. I mean, like you tell me, I'm reading it, and you're like, "This is Tom King." Oh, I totally see that. Yeah, yeah because yeah. it's thoughtful and intricate, and it has ideas, and there's it's lofty, and it examines and, the things that his life yes. are all about. Like he lives in Washington D.C. He worked for yes, the government. Yes, his yes, wife yes. works for the government, and this is all about. At least this issue is all about governments, and so I get it. But me too. Yeah. I I think that what you know what you said is that I actually don't. There's a there's a rash of of. There's a lot of pet stories out there. A lot of dogs. I, I love dogs. I mean, like, like you are said you don't. Like, I love dogs. I, I, mine are fucking irritating, but you know, I take a bullet for them. <laughs> but and I'm never gonna not have one again. I like to say hi to other people's dogs. It's fine. I really don't like the stories where we get to the thoughts of the animals as if they're the animals. And we've talked about other anthropomorphic stories. So you've got um the beneath the trees so nobody sees mm -hmm. and um which is different uh, that says that's dogs as people well, right that's what i'm saying like, but that's an example of like that's an animal story but they're just humans we're not right. it's not like about their behavior 
as pets. You know, The Secret Life of Pets is like a movie that does that or something. I I, I don't love that just as a genre. Right. I, and if you're going to use the animals, the allegory for a person, I like it to be pretty far off. Um, Black Sad is, I think, an example of like it's right on the line. That's it, but that, that the black sad and, and the trees nobody sees and wa- wilds end. That's all more like Disney pets, or like right, pets but, as but people, they, not not pets as pets, not pets. Right, as, I know, but what I'm saying is that like they are informed. The characters are informed somewhat by their species, but not fully. And it's not right. like the mind of a house cat if it could think like you. Right. I don't love that. Are so you much. afraid that knowing? Are you afraid of feeling guilty if you could hear their thoughts? No. No. Uh <laughs> no, well, not dogs. Like I, I, I think dog. I mean, like I can tell my dog's super happy when I'm around. That's uh-huh. the only thing that they're around for. So like they wouldn't exist. Wants to be fed. No, I mean, you can tell when she's happy. You know, and you can tell when she's not. And really, she's just not when she doesn't get to sit right next to you, which is a lot. A- anyway, uh, you know, but you. Sh- I mean, there is a point where like I don't really want to feel guilty about. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to feel guilty about. There's a lot to feel guilty right. about around animals. And it's like I don't think I want to feel guilty about my dogs. I feel like that's my that's my ultimate. Now, I know Tom has like a, a dog who's I think a dog he's had a really long time. A very good girl, you know, you know. But you sit there and you look at your dogs and you think about it, you know. And, right. and the, that's fertile ground for coming up with and telling stories. It's not my favorite kind of story. It's not bad. It's not that I don't like it. It's that I'm not super interested in it. Now, am I going to read the next issue? Probably. Hmm. I don't. I don't think I am. I recognize and it's, that's it's fair. Well, really, really well done. I, I think it is. I think the writing is strong, and I think the art's terrific. I think it's a really well done comic. It's just not for me. I. I just just think as a creator whose work I have spent so much time looking at and thinking about. You know, like if you have a favorite band and they put on an album that you don't really like, I want to find the thing in it that I liked about the band the rest of the time. So sometimes I give it more time. That's that's kind of how I think about it. That's fair. Uh, so ratings then ratings. Now was uh, it was it very successful at its intention? Yes. Here we go. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no, I'm just this is how I'm, I'm sort of working. So that's true. How is that crossed with how much you actually enjoyed reading it? Because that's that's how we're going to look at it. Right. Like, what do you give this? Like it's craft wise, you can't fault it. If you could, too many words, I guess. <sighs> It's you know your 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 point is well taken. I I th- think it's a very well made book. That's not for me. Therefore, I'm going to give it four stars. <laughs> I was going to say three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's not a bad book. It's not. So you're really you're giving it a lot of credit for for what it is, yeah, not necessarily how it made you feel. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what okay. do you want from me? I don't know. Can we take off a Starks and not sticking with it? I don't. No, I know I don't. I, I think that that's a. I think it's fair. I think it's an inch. I think it's very interesting. You said four, and I was like, wow. I was going to go lower, <laughs> and, and I love that. There was. I don't remember what it was, but there was some review that you and I and Paul did. It may have been for a movie, and we were all over the. It was Black Widow. Yeah. Is the and and you, we you were, were all very over hard the movie. Then you came yeah. up with the high came into the high number. No, we were like, wait no, a minute. The, no, at the end we all had the same number. It was like three point five or something like that. <laughs> like I was, I'm really hard on things, but can also appreciate them. You know, if you're like right. you hated, it, I was like, we all gave it the same number. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why that's why the numbers are silly, but we have to do them. Yes. Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. Thank you for 
supporting the show and for voting to add a book to the rundown. You like this nonsense. I can tell you do because you're still here. You're listening. You've been you've been at the show for about an hour now and you're thinking, is this one going to go long too? And what I'm thinking right now is I'm thinking, I hope not. I would like to stop now, but I will probably <laughs> will do more. Anyway, uh, I have patreon.com slash is how you get to keep this going. You can directly support the show, unlock shows for everybody as has been done. Uh, there's great communities on Discord and Facebook. Uh, there's a monthly patron hangout, which does not fail to perk me up and i hope that it feels the same way for the people who watch it either live or or later on uh but the patrons get that there's a yearly membership you can do now if you don't want to do it monthly that's 10 percent off uh there's tier exclusive merch it's all there on patreon.com slash ifanboy at the five dollar or higher level you will get a patreon patron power and access to the discord server and at the ten dollar or higher level there's the ad free version of the show our ads are incredibly entertaining. Well, this, also not, this part doesn't count as an ad. It's the other ads. Right. No, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, is someone complaining about this? This is, this is the interior. What do you call it? Internal ad? Sure. Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. Go to ifanboy.threadless.com. You can find our merch store. Uh, there's 13 designs there. They can put on many different items. Uh, we're, we're proud of all the things that are there. Um, Less popular with everybody, but uh, some are. Any ifanboy.com slash support. There's a direct PayPal link. You know how to work that. ifanboy.com slash Amazon is probably the easiest thing uh, for you to do if you want to help support the show. I'm not saying instead of the other things, but if you're like, I got to do something, go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon. You will find a general link to Amazon. So if you buy stuff, then we get a cut of that. It's an affiliate link. You know how that works because you live in the world. Um, bookshop.org uh, is, is, a, uh, is a group. Is a website we have uh, partnered with uh, where appropriate, and there are books on links on the website. Uh, they utilize the uh, independent booksellers of the of the country. This is the U.S. thing, I assume. I, I just ordered a book question. from them yesterday, right? And so uh, those those books are very important to our culture. Um, when and, am I going to uh, get to read it? Twenty twenty eight. I mean, it's just my my. I'm lousy with books. Lousy with books. I'm. I mean, uh, and and like I don't. It's very slow. I can't even talk about it, but you should order from that uh, either directly through us or just because uh, it's a good place to be. Let's, uh, as we said, $5 higher level, you get a patron power. Right. Every, every week we thank a patron who has supported us at that level. Um, we just told you where to do that. We're going to give them, and he says here, dumb superpower. I don't, I don't go with dumb. I don't subscribe to that. Original. Dumb is in the eye uh, of the beholder. No, yeah, it is. Um, and and this this week we have Matt Johnson, and Matt Johnson imparts a sense of rhythm to everything around him within his line of hearing. So he'll be walking, oh. and all of a sudden things he will start to syncopate, and and start the things will start to all work together. Oh, with it, perfect he creates time. rhythm. Yes, it, it brings things together. So uh, not unlike one of my favorite cinema scenes of all time in uh, Delicatessen. As we mm. go through the floors of the house and everything sort of happens in time, creating a bit of a music, this happens. It follows him around. So within Matt's sphere of existence, as far as he knows what he hears, everything is happening with a, with a beating and appropriate rhythm at all times. There's a little symphony going on. That's cool. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Perfect timing. Uh, you know, you, if, you, if you're going to go to a rock show, you want to go with Matt because they're going to be on it. And the crowd's going to, all of a sudden, all the people who are talking and distracting you and the things going, it all is going to work out time-wise. It's great. So good. That's a good power, Matt Johnson. Thanks for being a patron. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's how you get to have one, like Matt Johnson. How many Matt Johnsons do you think there are in America? 
I mean, and in in the UK, this I mean, this it's a lot. There's a lot. All right. Well, you pick an email. All right, I'm going to do the second one. Why don't you okay. read it? And I'm going to pull up. There's a link there. There's a helpful okay. link, which which uh, Greg included. Greg um, from Philly, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, says, This past month, I did my annual reread of Watchmen. In case you were wondering, it's still great. And several times I would claim, oh, well, that's my best. That's the best part. So now I ask you what each of your favorite individual chapters of Watchmen are. Not necessarily story beats or moments, but dedicated chapters of the book. What is your favorite chapter of Watchmen? Interesting. No, I don't so think I've ever he, thought of that before. I hadn't either. And he said it. And I and I so I click on the links, which sort of goes through and tells you. And just from the titles, I go, oh, oh, right. Like it all comes back to me. I haven't read Watchmen right. in a while, and I and I, I regret that. I, I've actually I, I looked the other day, and the book was out. So at some point, I grabbed it, and I was like, you just got to read this again. Right. Um, now the first one I remember is Fearful Symmetry, which fine. But the one that the it's the watchmaker. It's chapter four. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I, I mean that's the that's the one that as a sort of um f- formal piece of storytelling in comic book form is crazy. I'm on I don't know if that's where I was like introduced to the idea of space time because I don't know that I understood it or would have. Right. But it's an excellent example of it. How in that character of Doctor Manhattan, all things happen at once at all times, and I and that was such a. I mean, it's not new in science fiction, nor was it in nineteen eighty six, eighty seven. But for me, it was new, and it still boggles my brain. Yeah, I think I think that's the one. That's the best chapter, Watchmaker. I I, I think Fearful Symmetry is also like, obviously they're they're all very good. Yes. Um, it's funny because I've never thought about Watchmen in this way before. Because I tend to think I tend to think of Watchmen as as being greater than the sum of its parts. Not that the parts are bad, but I tend to think of there's great moments in it. But I don't tend to tend to think of wow, that's a great issue of Watchmen. Maybe because I've only ever read it collected. But I think the issues are separate unto themselves, and they came out in issues at a time when the issue mattered. And I think that there's value. I think those those single issues do have value. Um, oh, for sure. I just never thought of it that way. That's sure. No, thing. exactly. I think that you know the the you know chapters eleven and twelve. It's it closes very strong. Um, if you look at that cover of chapter eleven, where they sort of get to the um, the Arctic right. fort, uh, you know, and you have the great. Uh, you know, I did it thirty five minutes ago. I think that's in that issue. You know that everything leads up to this thing that is nothing that didn't happen. Um, and then finally, I've, if I had anything to say, I think I think chapter one is absolutely brilliant. Yes. But not the first time you read it. No, like it, it is good the first time, but if you go back and read it, having been familiar with the story and you read the first chapter again, it's all there. Right, and that's like any great uh well-constructed mystery movie where you you don't you don't realize what you're seeing in the first 20 minutes, mm-hmm. what it all means till the end. Like that's yeah. what the beauty of it is. But you know, like Rorschach is right there. You know, yeah. the center of it's right there, beginning of the whole thing. You you know, it, it's it's I don't know if it's not the first comic, but it's probably the, the comic that most that I can think of that most rewards re rereading. Oh, for it's, sure. It's just it gets better. Four, five, and six is Watchmaker, Fearful Symmetry, and then the Abyss Gazes also, which is the Rorschach issue, which is also terrific. Oh, Jesus. So I four, mean, yeah, five, it, six right there in the middle are, you know, pretty incredible. Yeah. That's where they hook you. I mean, they're all great. Uh, again, but yes, 
if you're looking like those are those are some really strong chapters in the middle. Yeah. I I liked that it was thought because at first I was like, oh, what scenes, what things or whatever. And he's like, what chapter? I was like, oh, shit. I'm going to have to think <laughs> no. about this. But then when you lay them out, I instantly remember. I was like, okay, I remember what these chapters are. They stand out. That I haven't read it in forever, you know, but, you know, it's just so good. It's not one of those things that's overrated. It's like, it, it's not even close. It's better every time you read it. And, and if if you're not getting it, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. But I'd like to congratulate Greg for asking a question about Watchmen that we've never been asked before. That's true. In 20, 20 years of doing, no, 24 I, years of doing this. I would like to uh, thank Greg even more so for including the notes that we needed to answer the question. Yeah, thank you. That's everyone. That's <laughs> huge. Yes. Thanks for the the link that should, that delineates the chapters. That would have been. You otherwise, I don't know the, if we'd be able to talk about it. Not just the question. He made the conversation possible because otherwise we'd be like, "What do you mean?" We'd have just argued about what he meant by chapters. <laughs> <laughs> Greg wrote into contact at ifanboy Thanks for writing in. Uh, we've been a lot of, getting a lot of great emails, and uh, we try to do as many as we can on the show. Uh, we also have, uh, you can write it for our media explode show, which is our non comics media show. Just put me to explode in the subject line. And thanks for everyone who writes in. We've been getting good ones. Thank you. Also, speaking of media explode, we have uh, our la- our latest special edition show. Our most recent one was our media explode show where we ranked the best picture nominees. This, this year, we also talked about what shows we were enjoying. There's a lot of them. It took a long time. and we, But it was a fun conversation, and that was fun. And then coming soon at some point, maybe you know not those- this, maybe not next week. You but. know those shows about like old actors who can't get anybody to call them back anymore? Like, I was a big <laughs> star, and then no, none of the agents of the studios will return their calls. Uh-huh. I hadn't brought that for no reason. You, you're saying just, you're the Norma Desmond of it was just a, It was podcast. just a non sequitur. I see. Well, there will at some point be a talk explode. Yes. I'm working um, on it. We're reaching the end of the <clears> month, <throat> which means March there'll be a book explode. Don't know what that is yet. We haven't talked about it, but we should figure that out soon. Um, yes. Eventually, there will be there will be twelve explode media no talk or book explodes. Whether it's more book explodes or talk explodes, we you know we can't always guarantee it will be a talk explode just because. But we'll do our best. Absolutely, we'll do our uh, best. Let's move uh, on. You can find yeah. our, all the shows we just talked about, all of our explodes and our regular shows at fanboy.com. We have over thirteen hundred shows there. They're all on the website, or you can go to our feed. They're all there. And uh, wherever you get your podcast, that's where we are. If you're it's on Apple Podcasts, if it's on Spotify, if it's on Pocket Cast, Gene Cast, Shoe Cast, I don't even know what they're all called, but wow. they're on those platforms. Um, Speaking of sounds Zipper old, Cast, Zippercast. Over. I've never used anything but Apple. Apple. I don't even know what they are. Really? You've only ever used yeah. Apple? I, I have. Apple. I have Overcast. Apple got. At some point, I got really annoyed with it. Which usually means it's pretty bad. I don't even know. I don't even know how you're going to know. I just I just press play and then when it's over, I press stop and then I pick another one. Like, it had I don't something know to what do with the do. organization or something changed. I don't know. But anyway, wherever podcasts are sold is where you can find our podcast. And we're also I fan by comics on Instagram, where you can find the best of the week and panels feature most weeks, as well as find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. And individually, we are CS Kilpatrick and J A Flanagan on Instagram and only Instagram. That is not Josh on TikTok. Is there someone impersonating me on TikTok? 
Good lord. It'd be great if it was, but there's uh, not. You can it. subscribe to youtube.com slash ifanboy. We uh, post this show there uh, should you choose to consume it in that format. Uh, all of our old video shows are there. Um, you can like and subscribe and do all those things should you wish to. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to I'm not going to demand. I'm saying it's oh. there. It's not going to change my day one way or the other. Well, we, we appreciate it if you do. That's true. That's true. We, we definitely appreciate it. I don't, just, don't. I just don't, don't want to be like, listen, undersell buddy. Undersell it. I don't. I don't need your approval, pal. I don't need your clicking. Because really? Just I mean, I do, but it's not going to be enough to make a difference in my life. So whatever makes you happy. Um, oh, if, geez, you, Josh, if, you, if you want to, no, I'm just. I appreciate the parts of it that I need to. I just not numbers. You know, doesn't matter. Right. I'm. I'm. Right. I'm getting tired. Please consider writing a review. <laughs> like in general, or to, just today? I just. I. Uh, just today specifically, but I like that immediately down. I asked somebody to write a review after saying all that or leave a star rating. I think that's funny because <laughs> I forgot what the second line of this part was. <laughs> write a review or leave a star rating on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever that can be done. Um, that does help. I can I can point to yeah. that pe- to people finding the show and and therefore uh, we can we can fight back attrition uh, in the great you know, in the great you for legacy listening. of comic books. Thanks for listening this this week, this month, as we close out February 2024. We <clears throat> appreciate you. And yeah. uh, we'll be back in March with more of these shows, more of our special media splode and book splode shows. We'll have a patron hangout in March. There'll be, will there be a special edition show of some other kind? I don't know. We got Crisis and Infinite Earths Part 2 coming up in the end of April. I thought you were getting so, ahead, but then I thought when the next one comes out, it will be March. And I, that's, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, this Ooh. is the last February show. It's the so, last. It's the last age forty six Josh show. Oh right. Yeah. So that's why you're so grumpy. You're officially <laughs> late forties after this. That happens. You go by from the middle forties to late forties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Why you're right. I get it. All right. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. So let's wish Josh a happy birthday and thanks for listening. My name is Connor. I'm Josh. Yeah.